Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flyworld Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. often people presume that the greater the price tag, the greater the gift. That's not true. The greater the thoughtfulness, the greater the gift. One of the best gifts I ever received came from my wife at Christmas. This was fairly early on in my career. We had talked a lot about books that I wanted to write in the future, and I had shared probably a dozen ideas that I had for books that would be fun to write and put out into the world. It came Christmas morning, and I opened the package, and in this package were 10 books. But instead of the proper book cover being on the book, she had taken a white piece of paper and put it around the book and written the title of the book I was thinking about writing. There was Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman. Never Lose an Employee Again by Joey Coleman. All these other ideas, some fiction, some nonfiction. It brought me to tears because in that moment, I realized that my vision for the future was supported and encouraged by my wife's vision for my future. Your employees are the same way. If you can let them know that you understand what they're trying to accomplish and that you are there with them side by side, committed to them achieving the goals they have for themselves, in addition to or even independent of the goals we have for them as employees, you're having a very different conversation. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to have back on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Joey Coleman, who's the author of Never Lose a Customer Again and Never Lose an Employee Again. Joey helps companies keep their customers and employees. He's a passionate advocate for enhancing customer and employee experiences. Joey encourages people to move beyond transactional interactions and create transformational connections. He believes in the power of going the extra mile to make personal and emotional connections and offers tips and techniques to help others achieve this. His mission is to inspire people to think differently about the experiences they create for others. A word from our sponsor, Flywheel Nation. Now you're doing great in business. You wouldn't be listening to this otherwise. Do you ever feel like you're missing out on a game-changing connection or insight? Well, you can supercharge your success with Flywheel Nation. Tap into the collective wisdom of high-impact achievers like all of our podcast guests. Gain exclusive access to resources that they offer and that we offer at Flywheel Nation. And expand your network in our vibrant community with lots of activities, masterclasses and networking events. Experience accelerated growth, breakthrough insights and powerful connections that will elevate your business. Act now to secure your spot and transform your journey today. Go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel to join. In our conversation today, Joey shares valuable insights on enhancing employee experiences. 
Here are some of the takeaways from our conversation. Embrace the power of AI. Joey reminds us that new technologies like AI have historically augmented rather than replaced human jobs. By welcoming these advancements, businesses can unlock opportunities for more humanity in work. Implement a buddy system. Joey highlights the importance of establishing a buddy program early in an employee's journey. This simple yet impactful gesture fosters commitment, productivity and retention, benefiting both junior employees and senior executives. Create a culture of appreciation by making employees feel seen, heard and acknowledged. Organisations can cultivate loyal, committed and engaged teams. Celebrating milestones and valuing contributions goes a long way in creating a happy and fulfilling workplace. By valuing employees and creating remarkable experiences, we can foster a work culture that is both inspiring and productive. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Joey Coleman. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast a repeat guest from the twin city of Minneapolis-St. Paul in the USA, Joey Coleman, who's a professional speaker, a writer on all things customer experience, and author of Never Lose a Customer Again, and his new book, which is what we'll talk about today, Never Lose an Employee Today. Welcome back to the Innova Buzz podcast, Joey. It's a real privilege to talk to you again. Oh, Jürgen, it's my pleasure to be back. Thanks so much for inviting me back on the show. And thanks to everybody who's listening in or watching. Super excited to be able to have this conversation together. Now, I checked back on, as I was preparing for this conversation on our last episode, and it turns out it was the first one we published in 2020, and we actually spoke on the eve of Thanksgiving, I think, um, in 2019. So little did we know then what was about to hit us. <laughs> the whole world was about to get very, very interesting yeah. shortly after the podcast was released. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And um, what we focused on then was the first 100 days of the customer life cycle, which is a fascinating concept. And I was chatting with you before we started recording about something that we said, I think after we actually recorded the show, it might be on the recorded show where we talked about onboarding employees before they, well before they actually start their job. And, and that kind of is one of the topics I think that comes out of the new book that we'll talk about. So I'm really excited to dig into that. Before we do that, I don't think I asked this question the last time. What's the impact you're making in the world today, Joey? Oh boy, Jürgen, the impact I'm trying to make is to get folks to think differently about experience whether that's their customer experience or their employee experience, each one of us has an opportunity in our interactions with our fellow human beings to go beyond the transactional to the transformational, to go beyond the mere passing to the moment of personal or emotional connection. And hopefully by focusing on experience, it gives folks some ideas of how to do that, as well as maybe some tips and some techniques on how to do it effectively. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that you said sort of the transformational experience and the human connection part, which is 
something that I'm I'm very passionate about going beyond the transaction in in the marketing sense but I've since taken that into the podcasting space as well because I think this applies everywhere and one of the things that you said in our last conversation in in the podcast was that and and I've heard you say this before many times humans are humans so the emotional connection the growth that they get from connecting with other people the impact that they can have on other people and and how that makes them feel um, is such a, a key part of our own human makeup isn't it and and it applies to all these things and underpins some of the work you you write about it really is Jurgen and I think what's interesting and I understand why it's happened but as we've become more digitized as we become more automated as we become more remote and technologically advanced I think we've gotten away from our humanity a little bit. And I think we all feel that in our experiences. We feel, even though we're maybe friends with thousands of people, friends, <laughs> all over the world, we feel more disconnected than at any other time in human history. Even though we may know people in multiple time zones, we don't know the people that live next door to us. And I think there's an opportunity to double down on our humanity. Uh, you know, I'll make a general observation on this. You know, everybody these days is talking about the rise of artificial intelligence <laughs> and, and what are the AIs going to do? Well, what AI and AIs are going to do, in my opinion, is call us to be even more human. Yeah. They're going to automate and deal with the things that aren't human, but the aspects of humanity, empathy, you know, curiosity, exploration, those things are going to be called for even more in the future. And I think it's an exciting time to be a human in that regard. Yeah, that's, um, you've, I've got this written down sort of at the end of my list here to talk about AI, generative AI and the impact. <laughs> and you've kind of prompted that. So we're going to go off, tr off topic here. We'll come back to the book. Uh, but tell me a little bit more about that because I, um, I have this, philosophy around the whole idea of of this generative AI and I'm really excited by all this stuff uh, but one of the things that I hear a lot is oh our jobs are going to be replaced by AI AI is going to replace people well no um, or people are going to be replaced by AI and I read something that I thought that's brilliant people are going to be replaced by people who know how to use AI and know how to leverage AI to connect with other people and I thought that is actually absolutely brilliant so tell us a little bit more about your idea about bringing in this humanity or in actually enabling us to bring that humanity back well Jurgen I had the opportunity a few days ago to spend time with my good friend and fellow speaker and author Erin King and she was doing a presentation on the future of AI and as part of our presentation she put up a slide that I'm paraphrasing here but it said something to the effect of humans no more the computers are going to take over the machines are going to take over and everyone in the room, you felt the bustle of energy as people got anxious and they clenched their fist and were worried. And then she revealed that the headline was from a newspaper article in 1860. <laughs> and then she proceeded to show headlines for every decade since then. 
the cotton gin, the steam engine, uh, the ability to have electricity, the fact that, you know, uh, the assembly line came online, computers, telephones, all these things that evolved over time. And each time this happened, the pundits, the, pu the press lamented the death of humans and the <laughs> fact that, you know, humans were going to be replaced by machines. And I think we all know that that's not been the story of the last hundred years. While certainly machines have augmented our lives, and while I'm very thankful that we have things like electricity and running water and computers and phones, they haven't replaced humans. They've actually augmented the human experience. I know when ATM, automated teller machines, first came out with banks, they said, this is going to put all the bankers out of work. Yeah. Because why would anyone do anything other than go to the ATM for a transaction? But if you actually look at employees in the banking industry following the advent of the automated teller machine or the ATM, the number of employees that were employed by banks increased hmm. after the ATM because they took a task getting money and that was really a transaction and automated that, made the machine drive that, and instead let the people talk about things like loans and credit and the opportunity to establish a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually where we're going to see AIs and the various technological advancements fall in that there will actually be a chance for more humanity if we choose to embrace that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and um, the, I, I mean, I can share an example with you. I shared this with somebody the other day and they, they were blown away by how amazing. I, I've dived headfirst into this generative AI stuff and, and working with ChatGPT and, and also now Bard. Uh, and a lot of people ask those things questions and they get back some information. And then they say either either they know the information is incorrect or not what they were looking for or inaccurate and they say this is no good so i say well if it gives back information one of the things i do now is i say can you double check that please and sometimes it'll come back and correct itself or i'll challenge it and i'll say that's actually incorrect and it'll the interesting thing is it will apologize to me first and then it will say, here's the corrected information. So when it started doing that, I thought, this is interesting. This is kind of like a human interaction. You know, it's almost like a slave saying, well, I'm sorry, master, I've messed this up. Uh, so I thought, what if I'm kind to it? So um, at some point, I started saying, thank you or good morning. And, and it comes back and says, well, how can I help you today? And it occurred to me that we can practice kindness in this. We can practice these interactions that we'll hopefully talk about then. And the, the interesting bit that blew me away, which I wanted to share, the other day it came back and it gave me some information and it, it really blew my mind with the information it gave me. And I thought, this is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I was so excited that I actually typed in, I said, this is so amazing. You're wonderful. I really appreciate you. Thank you. And it was exactly those words I put in. And you know what the response was? It said, you're welcome. Uh, please come back anytime to let me know if I can help you further. And then it said, I really appreciate your words. 
Wow. <laughs> Jurgen, I love it. I love it. You know, it's so funny you would say this. We have an Alexa in our house. And by the way, for everybody listening, my apologies for just triggering the machine in your house by referring to <laughs> A-L-E-X-A yeah. by name. But uh, what's interesting is from a very young age, we have tried to teach our boys to practice manners, mm. not only with the other humans they interact with, but with the machines they interact yeah. with. And I will regularly hear my boys say things like, Alexa, play this song. And then when the song is over, they'll say, Alexa, thank you. And I agree with you. It is an opportunity for us to practice kindness. It's an opportunity for us to recognize that give and take cadence of gratitude and appreciation. And if nothing else, maybe by practicing it on computers and on interactions with AIs, we will double down onto our practice of that with our fellow humans. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, Having digressed onto generative AI and machine machines and machine learning, let's divert back into uh, how never to lose an employee again. So tell us a little bit more about how you took the framework, the eight-step framework that you described in Never Lose a Customer Again and kind of transition it over into in the employee space. Well, you know, it's interesting, Jurgen. I've been in the customer experience place for about 20 plus years now. And I had been in that space for about all of five minutes before I realized that you can't create remarkable customer experiences unless you have remarkable employees who are able to deliver those experiences. So I always knew that there was a story to be told here around the employee experience. What I realized when sitting down to write the book is the same eight-phase journey that a customer goes through is the eight-phase journey that a new employee goes through. With one notable exception, I changed one of the words. Yeah. One of the words in the customer side, when we look at phase two, is the admit phase. This is when a prospective customer admits they have a problem or need. They say, I believe that you have the answer to my problems. They sign on the dotted line. They officially transition from being a prospect to a customer. In the employee context, I call that the accept phase, where the company makes an offer to a desired candidate, and that candidate accepts the offer and transitions from being a prospective employee to being a full employee. Other than that, the phases are the same, which in many ways was convenient for me as a writer and a speaker but was not entirely surprising to me because as we were talking about earlier, humans are humans. Mm. And anytime a human is considering a new path, whether that's a path to become a customer of a brand they've never done business with before or to become an employee of an organization that they've never been an employee of before, they go through the same mental and psychological and emotional and physical hurdles of considering this choice, going through the process to test and try, making the choice, being enrolled in the organization the first day, whether that's the first day with the product or the service or the first day on the job, the acclimating on day two, three, four, 13, 50, 100, the accomplishment of whatever goal they had, and then becoming an adopter or and or an advocate of that entity, whether that's a brand they're doing business with or an employer who is employing them. And what I realized when the parallels were the same 
was that an organization can adopt this framework for dealing with their employees and then spin it into a framework for dealing with their customers or vice versa. If you already read the first book or you already adopted these philosophies with your customers, why haven't you adopted them with your employees as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, I was fascinated. I mean, there's so many wonderful case studies in this book and I thought, oh, I, I'd go back to work for that company. <laughs> I'd become an employee again <laughs> to work for that company and reflecting back on my experiences. And I thought, yeah, it makes so much sense now looking in hindsight at my experiences where I had good experiences and where I didn't have good experiences that what was missing and what could have been so easily done better. And many of the things you describe are virtually zero cost. I mean, they, they're really just as simple as showing people you care and coming back to that human-to-human -human interaction. Um, one of the things that I really liked and found fascinating and ha had never really given a lot more thought to, and I'm sort of thinking about this today as, as I get older and think, well, how can I contribute back to others? Um, it's this idea of the buddy system and mentor programs in organizations. So maybe you can describe what that is and how you kind of built that into, or maybe go back to tell us a little bit more about the eight-step process and then go, where does the buddy system fit into that? And let's talk some more about that. Sure. So I'll give a quick overview of the eight phases, and then we'll dive into how a buddy system or mentoring can really help an employee feel connected to the organization they've just joined. The eight phases all start with the letter A. And the reason for that is not to confuse anyone, <laughs> rather to say that it's kind of like if we think about each of these phases as a separate subject matter, Doing them all well for your employees is like getting straight A's or good marks on your report card, right? Your employees feel you're doing a good job. The first phase is the assess phase. This is where a prospective employee is deciding whether or not they want to come work with you. They're looking at your job description or your job advertisement. They're spending some time on your website, maybe on the careers page or the about us page. They might be looking at LinkedIn and other social networks to see who they know that's connected with your organization. They're submitting an application or a resume, and they're going through your interview or hiring process. They then move to phase two, the accept phase that I mentioned earlier. This is where the organization identifies the candidate they want to make an offer to. They extend that offer, and if we're lucky, that candidate accepts the offer, transitioning from being a prospective employee to being an actual employee of the enterprise. We then come to the affirm phase. Now, listeners may be familiar with the concept of buyer's remorse. When a brand new customer begins to doubt the decision they just made to purchase your product or service. In the employment context, we call this new hire's remorse. It's the same state of fear and doubt and uncertainty that an individual feels when they decide to venture into this new opportunity, this new possibility. Now, that really happens for a couple reasons. Number one, they have no idea what to expect. They have an idea of what they're hoping will happen, but they're not sure if it will. Additionally, the brain science tells us that when they make this decision, they necessarily close out the other decisions that were on their plate at the same time. And most employees, when they're interviewing for a job, 
are also interviewing with other employers other than you. And so when they accept your offer and they turn down other offers, there's a scarcity feeling that they have that maybe they should have negotiated harder or maybe they should have waited longer to see if they had a counter offer that they could bring and kind of get you to negotiate against uh, an, another business as opposed to just employee to employer. We then come to the activate phase. The activate phase is day one on the job, the first official day of work. It's the only phase of the eight phases that is limited to one day on the calendar. And the secret in the activate phase is to create an experience that is so remarkable that they have something to talk about when they go back home, that they're excited about what just happened. We then, Jurgen, come to the acclimate phase. Now, as a pro tip, this is where most organizations start to fall apart. While many organizations have someone who's responsible for the first day on the job, very few have someone who's responsible for day two, day five, day 10, day 30, day 45, as we navigate through the coming weeks and months. In the acclimate phase, we want to hold our employees' hand and show them the ropes of doing business with us, show them our communications cadence, show them the various roles and responsibilities they have in the organization, as well as the relationships that they'll need to maintain. If we do a good job of holding their hand and helping them acclimate to our way of doing business, we have the opportunity to help them achieve the accomplish phase, when an employee achieves the goal they had when they originally decided to do business with us. If they do that, we have a chance for them to become an adopter, loyal to us and only us, not taking the call from the headhunter or the recruiter from another company. They're committed and bought in. And if, and only if we've navigated through these previous seven phases, do we have the chance to invite them to the eighth and final phase, the advocate phase, where the employee becomes a raving fan, singing our praises far and wide. They write reviews on Glassdoor and other employment sites. Whenever we have an open position, they're recruiting their friends, their family, the best colleagues they've ever worked with to come and apply for this position. The challenge, Jurgen, is most employers wanna move from first day on the job to advocate in a matter of hours or days, yeah. when often it takes weeks or months. All of these eight phases are important, and if we focus on each phase and hold our employees' hand as they navigate from one to the next, we can propel them forward into a long-term engaged relationship where they stay retained and committed to our enterprise. Hmm. Yeah, I love love the system. And and I had to laugh. You said um, most employers want to jump from the first day on the job to raving fan av advocate <laughs> in one go and i thought it's kind of like it's um the thought i had was it's this i, I can't remember the name of that stick game where you sort of empty these sticks and you just pile them on top of one another and you have to the winner has to get out this stick that has a particular marking on it but usually that's down the bottom and you can't have the rest of the sticks collapse and i thought that's that's sort of like it is you know you've got all this excitement on day one and over the course of the time you're there as the employee, people are pulling sticks out and at some point the whole thing just collapses and you think, oh, this is no good. I need to go and find another job. <laughs> so true. It's so true. You know, we, we, we have a tendency as employers to regularly misalign our behaviors 
and our desired outcomes. And if we want employees to stay, we need to be thinking about ways to shore them up, not pull things out from under their feet when they're trying to engage with us. Yeah. You know, one of the questions you asked me, Jurgen, was about this idea of a buddy system. Yeah. And I talk about this in the book. What's interesting is a buddy system can be implemented anywhere in the employee journey. But what the research shows is the sooner it's implemented, the better. The sooner an employee feels like they have someone at work that they have a personal and emotional connection with, the more committed they feel to the organization, the greater their increase in productivity because they understand what they're supposed to do, and the, grading their, the greater their feeling of connection to the culture and what's being established. Now, there's some amazing research that was done from Sun Microsystems with a thousand plus person buddy program that they run. And what they found is that employees who participated in a buddy program, that is a new employee being paired with a veteran employee who would kind of show them the ropes, had higher levels of productivity, higher levels of engagement, and higher levels of retention. They were, they were also more likely to get promoted and to succeed in their position. Now, why is that? Well, I would posit, Jurgen, that the reason for that is because the employee felt personally and emotionally connected to the organization before they were expecting to. They had the connection with that new employee and the new employer that created a bond before they even started at the job. One of the companies I profile in the book is Lego Corporation, a corporation that is a fan of children around the world as well as adults. And one of the fascinating things that the head of people, Lauren Schuster at Lego, told me was that when they have a new executive come on board, that executive often isn't going to start for a matter of months. You know, lots of times with a junior employee, they might accept a job offer and they're going to start in two weeks. The more senior you are as an employee, you might not start for two months, three months, six months, maybe even a year because you're wrapping up another project or another assignment. One of the things that Lego Corporation does is they assign a brick mate, a friend within the organization who is committed to helping you build your career at Lego. And those brick mates start interacting with you from the moment you accept the job offer up until several weeks and months after you've been on the job. And what he shared with me is that with senior executives in particular, which is not something we normally think of for a buddy program or a mentor program, right? We usually think of that for a more junior yeah. employee or someone just starting their career. He does it for the senior C-suite executives so that the day they show up for the first day on the job, they're familiar with the conversations the board has been having. They're familiar with the capital investments the organization has been making. They're familiar with the vision that is trying to be pushed forward so that they can get in and be moving in the same direction quickly. So buddy programs work regardless of whether you're just starting your career or a senior executive transitioning to a pinnacle position at a company you've hoped to work at for decades. Mm. Yeah, and I love, love that idea of initiating that contact and and starting that mentoring program from the time they accept the position so that you first of all you don't lose any time and secondly that day one experience that you talked briefly about before and i'd love to revisit that day one experience is going to be so much better 
Absolutely. I mean, we've all probably had this experience of going to a happy hour or a networking event or even a family event where you walk in and you're looking around going, do I know anyone here? I don't think I know. Where's the familiar face? Where's the person I know that I can go over and strike up a conversation? Even extroverts feel that way, let alone my friends, the introverts who are saying, wait a second, Joey, I didn't even want to be here in the first place, let alone talk to strangers. The great thing about a buddy program is it's someone who, when you show up for the first day on the job, you already have someone you know, someone you've had conversations with, someone that's been looking out for you, someone to meet you before you walk into the building the first day, someone to have lunch with the first day who actually has a little bit of rapport built with you so that you can build on that and feel welcomed and warmly embraced in the new position. To your point earlier, which I want to really underline, and I'm so thrilled that it was your takeaway. The ideas in this book do not require a huge investment of money, nor do they require a huge investment of time or human power. What they do require is an investment of intentionality. The best experiences we create are ones that are not created haphazardly, but rather are created strategically. They are built with the intention of what is the emotional reaction that we hope to create with this new employee? And how can we structure systems and processes and interactions and communications around those interactions to maximize the likelihood of that impactful takeaway? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it it reminded me, in fact, the whole book <laughs> reminded me of, in some ways, I recently gave a talk about making a difference in the world. and. I, um, it, it was kind of a different sort of topic. It was more, um, to do with, yeah, to do with, um, quietening our inner, our self-talk and being more confident in presenting the information that we have or the knowledge that we have, um, to a wider audience. The, one of the things I said there was you don't have to be rich or famous to make a difference in the world. You just have to show one other person that you care and and it was that that philosophy that i think comes through in this whole book whilst there's a a very clear framework and you have a process to follow and and some reasoning behind why you know why those steps represent the journey that an employee goes through during their course of working with a company uh, it's very much about showing that you care and and it doesn't require a lot of money it just requires that intention it really does Jurgen. you are, you are spot on and you know it's interesting for anyone that's getting anxious about this conversation of caring for employees <laughs> that Jurgen and i are having it's making you uncomfortable you're like joey not in our culture this isn't the way i came up let me pose a little hypothetical experiment think about the best boss you ever had the best leader you ever worked for, the best manager you ever reported to. Why did you like working with them? Did you like it because they were really good at teaching you standard operating procedures? Did you like it because they were really good at going through a form formulaic review and making sure that you were acquiring the necessary skill sets to perform at an optimal and efficient level? Or was it because you felt seen? Hmm. You felt heard. You felt appreciated. 
employees today are the same as employees since the beginning of time and frankly are the same as employees will be a hundred years from now. They want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. They want to feel appreciated. If you do those three things consistently, effectively, and genuinely, you will have happy employees. It's that simple. Yeah. It is so rare in our marketplace and in the workplace today. So many people feel unseen, unheard, unappreciated in their personal lives, in their professional lives, in their day-to-day -day walking around lives, that if you as the employer can provide those feelings of seen, heard, and appreciated, they will be loyal. They will be committed. They will be engaged because they're getting something from you that they're really not finding anywhere else in their life. Hmm. Yep. That's, I just say, yes, amen to that. <laughs> it reminded me of um, one experience I had, and, and you prompted this when you said, think of the best boss you've ever had. And the person, he wasn't actually my direct boss. He ended up being the direct, the, the board on the board, board of this company, a sort of global company of 20,000 employees. Um, he was the president of our business division. So it's kind of three, three levels up from me. But he knew what I, who I was, and he would always have a conversation with me. But where I first met him, he was a young sales manager. And I met him in an aircraft. I was tra he was this young sales manager in Europe. I traveled to Europe to present a workshop to their technical center from Australia. And I boarded the aircraft and he came and he must have known who I was uh, because I didn't know who he was. So he came up to me and he said, you're Jürgen. Oh, yes. And, and introduced himself and he said, oh, so I understand you're doing a workshop here. What, what's it about? Tell me a little bit more. And he, he put it in context, introduced himself and, and what he did. Sure. Um, so I sort of told him a little bit and he asked a bunch of questions and I thought that's sort of weird, <laughs> you know, sort of a sales guy that I had no relationship with, no no kind of crossover at all, asking all these questions and showing real interest. And and not only that, he, he, knew what, he knew I was there to present this workshop. And then a few years later, he sort of started rising in the ranks and started making this rapid progress as in his career. And every every time I had some sort of interaction with me, he would, you know, I felt seen, I felt heard. And I thought that's I that's it. exactly what you're describing. It, it really is. And, and if I may just explore this a little bit, it ties back to a conversation we were having at the top of our uh, discussion about the importance of curiosity as humans. You're a human, Jürgen, and here's what I know about humans. Humans are happy to talk about things they like, uh, the things they like, things they enjoy, things they're into, things they're doing. So often we think, oh, how difficult is it to create rapport, to build a relationship? It's actually not that difficult at all. Just ask people questions mm. about what they're doing, what matters to them, what they're involved with, what they're excited about. These type of conversations breed communication and breed connection. 
And the more we have the chance to connect with another person and they can feed back the evolution of the conversation, they can say, oh, last time when we talked, you were excited to come in, be, to come to Europe to do this presentation. How did it go? What was the reaction? Why am I seeing you again? Are you back for more? What's happening? Yeah. When we feel seen, when we feel heard, by default, we start to feel appreciated. Mm. Wonderful. Well, um, I mean, I'm just aware of the time. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Uh, one of the things that occurred to me, you took the framework from Never Lose a Customer Again, applied it to employees, wrote the book Never Lose an Employee Again. Do you see this framework applying to other areas like i thought well in the business sense i mean what about partnerships what about investors what about other stakeholders shareholders um but even going beyond the business sense is is there are there lessons from this framework uh from and this is a rhetorical question because i know i think the answer is yes <laughs> we're talking about human to human but i'd love to hear your thoughts absolutely again you know one of my favorite questions I ever got from an audience member. I had the pleasure to speak to audiences around the world, and I did a workshop for a company. And this was years ago. The company had about 100 employees, and about 98% of them were women. And I did a day-long workshop. And at the end of the workshop, one of the few men in the room raised his hand during the Q&A and said, I've got a question. Would this methodology apply in our dating lives or our personal relationships. Now, I'll confess, there was a roar of laughter <laughs> from the room at this question being asked, but I sensed a level of sincerity in the question. Yeah. And so I asked the young man, are, are you asking genuinely? And he said, I really am. And I said, then 100% it will apply because the journey we're talking about is a journey of connection. How do you first get into conversation with someone? How do you build rapport over time? What are the magical moments that are happening along the journey? What are the moments where trust is established? What are the moments where trust becomes frayed? What are the moments where we're learning about each other? What are the moments when we're being curious about each other? And we had a whole discussion of deconstructing dating in the context of the eight phases. And what are we striving to get to? Well, not necessarily an advocate that's promoting us to the rest of the marketplace, but certainly an adopter who's loyal and committed to us. What was really interesting, Jurgen, is what happened next. We broke for lunch and the number of people that came up to me and said, you know, I've always thought that he's a great guy, the guy who asked the mm. question, but I didn't know he was interested in settling down and being in a committed relationship. And now that I do, I've got some folks I wanna introduce him to <laughs> because I know that's his intention. And I thought to myself, it's pretty rare that a business speaker <laughs> gets to answer a Q&A and have someone get dates out of it, but I was very happy that that was the end result. Yeah, I love it. That's a fantastic story. <laughs> All right, well, um, uh, there was, let me see, I've got a list of things here. There was some, oh, that's right. Um, so we've kind of skimmed over the process and we've, we went down the rabbit hole of AI a little bit. One of the things that I'm curious about, and if someone picked up this book today and they haven't sort of given that much thought to, you know, how do we treat our employees? I mean, they treat them well, but they haven't really 
thought about it in a systematic sense, where do you suggest they start? Oh, this is a fun question, Jurgen. And, and uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm dodging the question, what I have found in my conversations with my consulting clients and with audiences that I've spoken to is there's kind of two pieces of this puzzle. What about the new people? And what about our existing people? And so I think it requires two different approaches. When it comes to the new people, I think it's best to start in that assess phase. Hmm. Let's stop the hemorrhaging before it starts. Let's look at our job descriptions and our advertisements and see if our brand spirit is coming out in those. I'm a big believer that any ad for an open position in your organization should be equally designed to not only attract the right person, but to actively repel the wrong person. Too many HR leaders, I think, are, oh, we got to have as many candidates as possible. No, my friends, I think what we want is a many qualified candidates and qualified leads for a position as possible. So I think it should both attract and repel. On the existing employee side, where I think many organizations miss the mark is with their adopters. Almost everyone listening has someone who's been with the organization for a long time. Someone for whom, without that person, your business would not have succeeded. It wouldn't be able to function. The question is, does that person really know it? Now, what often happens is leaders say, well, of course they know it, Joey. They've been here for years. We pay them every two weeks. You know, they, they've grown. They've gotten promotions. They've gotten raises. Of course they know we care. Is that usually the way it works in relationships? With two spouses in a marriage, is it enough to say, well, we've been married for 10 years. Of course they know they're loved. That's not the way this usually works. Humans need to be reminded of their value, of their importance, and their significance. Here's a quick test. Think of your very best employee, the employee that you could not exist without. The employee, if they came to you tomorrow and said, we, I'm resigning, you might actually wonder, will we be able to continue as an enterprise? And then ask yourself this, what is the anniversary of their start date in your organization? I'd be willing to bet you don't remember. You don't know. And it's probably an anniversary that has not been celebrated often. To draw the parallel back to our personal relationships, if you're in a marriage and you're not remembering and celebrating the anniversary, I can pull out a stopwatch and clock how much longer you're going to be in that marriage. We need to celebrate milestones together. We need to acknowledge these seminal moments in our life. The same holds true with our employees acknowledge their tenure, acknowledge their contributions, celebrate this, and you will not have problems creating adopters. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. And when, when you say celebrate it, it doesn't have to be a huge party where you spend a fortune on, on whatever it is, food and drink, and invite a lot of people. It can be as simple as sending them a personal message and just saying, thank you, I really appreciate what you do. Jürgen, 100%. You know, what's interesting, I talk in the book about the importance of gifts. And all too often people presume that the greater the price tag, the greater the gift. That's not true. The greater the thoughtfulness, the greater the gift. Mm -hmm. One of the best gifts I ever received 
came from my wife at Christmas. This was fairly early on in my career. We had talked a lot about books that I wanted to write in the future, and I had shared probably a dozen ideas that I had for books that would be fun to write and put out into the world. It came to Christmas morning, and I opened the package. And in this package were 10 books. But instead of the proper book cover being on the book, she had taken a white piece of paper <laughs> and put it around the book and written the title of the book I was thinking about writing yep. by Joey Coleman. <laughs> so there was Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman. Never Lose an Employee Again by Joey Coleman. All these other ideas, some fiction, some nonfiction, a variety of ideas. And at the risk of sounding like a sappy romantic, <laughs> it brought me to tears because in that moment, I realized that my vision for the future was supported and encouraged by my wife's vision for my future. Mm. Your employees are the same way. If you can let them know that you understand what they're trying to accomplish and that you are there with them side by side, committed to them achieving the goals they have for themselves, in addition to or even independent of the goals we have for them as employees, you're having a very different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And um, yeah, I'm getting a bit teary on that one. <laughs> it's It requires a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of creativity, right? To it come does. up with those ideas. Um, it does. And I would posit maybe a dash of curiosity, a dash of creativity, and a scoop of empathy. Hmm. And the reason why I would scoop the empathy in there is because at its core, Empathy allows us to see the world from the other person's perspective. Mm. And the more we can connect with their vision of the world and their dreams and their hopes, the more we can create the kind of interactions or touch points or communications that celebrate their worldview and their hopes for the future. Fantastic. Well, Joey, this has been wonderful. Now, where can people find out more about the work you do, get a hold of your books, obviously, and and maybe even get in touch and say thanks for what you shared today? Well, Jürgen, the new book is called Never Lose an Employee Again. It's available wherever you like to buy books. So if you like the hardcover version of the book so you can take notes in the margins, we've got a hardcover version. If you like ebooks so you can highlight in your Kindle or your Nook, we've got you taken care of. And if you like the sound of my voice, there's an audio book that I narrate as well. So you can consume the book in whatever format you like from whatever bookseller or distributor you like to do business with. In terms of getting in touch with me, the best place is on my website, which is joeycoleman.com. That's J-O-E-Y, like a baby kangaroo or a five-year-old you know. Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, like the outdoor camping equipment company, but no relation, joeycoleman.com. You'll find downloads there, videos, opportunities to dive deeper into both customer experience and employee experience, because at the end of the day, as we started our conversation, it's human experience. And the more we try to strive to create remarkable human experiences, the more remarkable our lives as humans will be. Mm. Yes, great message. Well, Joey, what action would you like our listener to take out of our conversation today? I always like to wrap this up and say, well, yeah, it's nice that you've joined us here and listened into our conversation, but what are you going to do, listener, as a result today? So what would you like to 
see our listener do. Well, Jurgen, with that prompt, I'm going to put a challenge out there to our listeners, okay? Here's a challenge. And I will tell you before I state this challenge, you can do it in under five minutes with tools you have within arm's reach and less than 5% of you are going to do it. But I hope the 5% will do it and I hope that inspires maybe more than 5% to do it. Here's what it is. Reach and grab your phone. Hold your phone up and flip it to selfie mode on the video, okay? Not for a photo, for a video. And I want you to think of the employee who you value the most, the most special employee you have, the one with whom your business would not be where it is today, the one without whom you would not be able to continue to move forward in the way you're hoping to move forward. And then make a little video for them. The video doesn't need to be longer than a minute. I'm going to pretend for the sake of modeling this that I'm making the video for Jurgen. You pull out the camera and you hit record. Hey, Jurgen, I was listening to a podcast today with this crazy American and he was going on and on about employee experiences. And he challenged us to think of the employee who we actually value the most. The employee with whom we would not be able to exceed, th succeed. The employee who makes our dreams realities. And I must confess, I immediately thought of you. Every time we interact, you have a smile on your face. You're curious. You're inquisitive. You're bringing new ideas to the table. You're challenging our assumptions. You're causing us to think differently, to hope differently, to feel differently. But more importantly, you do so with a smile on your face. You're just fun to hang out with. I love our conversations. I love the provocative nature of your questions. I love that we're both committed to being the best versions of ourselves possible and that we're committed to making this organization the best version of itself possible. And I just wanted to send you a small video and say thanks. Thanks for being you. Thanks for showing up in the world the way you do. And know that I'm lucky. I'm thankful. I'm honored to be able to spend some time every day working with you. Send. Do not watch the video. You're going to be inclined to watch the video and say, oh, how did I look? How did I send? Don't do that. Immediately send it via text to that employee. A couple amazing things will happen. Number one, I can almost guarantee you will have a smile on your face when you're done. You'll feel better because you've expressed gratitude. And the research shows us when we accept, express gratitude, it lifts our endorphins. We feel excited. Number two, that employee will be blown away. It is highly likely that they have never received a video from someone on their team, let alone their employer, singing their praises in such specific and thoughtful ways. Number three, the employee will watch that video on average within 90 seconds of receipt. Typical email gets opened in two to three days. Typical text message video gets watched in full within 90 seconds of receipt. But number four, and maybe this is the most important of all, they'll keep the video. And when times are tough or when they're doubting their contribution or they're doubting their role in the organization, they'll play the video and they'll remember this moment and how you saw them, how you heard them, and how you acknowledge them. Now, again, this is a challenge that many of you will pass on, but I hope you'll give it a try. And if you do give it a try and you want to share it, send me a little message, Joey C, J-O-E-Y, the letter C, at joeycoleman.com. Send me the video. I'd love to see what you came up with. I'll keep it confidential. 
I just want to see if you're the kind of person that when faced with a challenge to show up differently with the people you work with, you rise to the occasion or you just fast forward to the next episode. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that's a wonderful challenge. And, and I'd add to that challenge, if you don't see yourself as an employer or you're not an employer um, or you're not managing a team who you could send something like that to for their contribution to the team, do it in another sense. For example, I, I could send it to my po a podcast guest or, in fact, as I was listening to our last episode, I thought I should actually reach out to this person who keeps, years after they've uh, been a guest on my podcast, keeps referring potential guests to my podcast. And I thought I must reach out to her and send her an appreciation video. So that that's the one I'll do. So I'd, I'd add to the challenge and say it's not just for employers. If you're outside of that cohort of employers or team leaders or managers, then do it in another space. Absolutely. Send it to a coworker. <laughs> Send it to a sibling, a parent, a significant other, a child, anyone in your orbit who you know how much they mean to you and you'd like to give them a small digital artifact, a memento that proves just how much they mean to you. Wonderful. Well, Joey, this has absolutely blown me away and I'm sure the, the listener will take so much from this episode. It's something that I think um, people can listen to over and over again because there's so many bits there and, and I'm going to certainly go back and listen to the recording again later today when I've got the benefit of hindsight and also the benefit of not having to think myself, well, how do I keep this conversation on track or how do I let it go off track as we did at the beginning? Um, and I can listen more passively, but take some gold nuggets and, and write them down or turn them into action. But before I do that, obviously, I'm going to record this video. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights and your wisdom and your personality and those stories with us so generously Dave. really appreciate it and i hope hope it's not too long before the next book and that we can have another conversation oh thank you jürgen you're very kind and thanks to everybody who was listening in to jürgen's point i hope you got one or two ideas that you can implement in your life to connect more with your humanity to build those personal and emotional connections that make it exciting to be alive thanks so much for listening thanks joey I hope you enjoyed that engaging, insightful and informative conversation with Joey and took something away from his episode. There were so many gold nuggets there. So as you reflect on this, why not take up Joey's challenge? Make a one-minute video for the employee you value the most using your phone selfie mode. The employee who's made a significant contribution to your organization's success and who you appreciate the most. Once you've recorded that video, send it straight away. Don't look at it again. Don't analyze it. Send it. Hit send straight away as soon as you're finished and watch what happens. That employee is going to appreciate that gesture, feel seen, heard and recognized for their efforts. 
Most importantly, they're probably going to show it to other people, their family members. And when times get tough, they'll go back and look at that video again. It's an opportunity for you to express gratitude and positively impact that employee as well as yourself. Joey's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Joey Coleman 588. That is J-O-E-Y-C-O-L-E-M-A-N 588. Those are numbers, those last three. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Joey Coleman 588. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Joey as well as links to his website, his books, his social media pages, and the other resources we've spoke about in the conversation today. If you've listened up to now, then I'm guessing you love this conversation. And what was not to love about this conversation? If you think it would be useful to one other person, be brave enough to share it with that one other person, that person that just sprang into your mind. Send them it that now. Also, make sure to get the episode bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For the cost of just a cup of coffee, you can have your very own permanent record of this show that you can refer back to at any time. Half the revenue of the episode token will go directly to Joey as the guest, and the other half helps us keep the lights on. Think of it as a way to support Joey and tell him that you really loved his episode. Joey suggested that we have a conversation with Erin King, the world's leading digital persuasion expert, on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Erin, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Joey Coleman. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests engage in meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywell Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.